Hello, Red Shirts, and welcome to another episode of Follow Me and Die. I'm your host, Larry Hamilton, and today I discuss the Consent in Gaming free PDF from Monty Cook Games. But first, we have call-ins from Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast and John Large of Red Dice Diaries. Take it away, fellas. Hey, Larry, Jason here. Just one final thought. I know you didn't go into it, the whole contract deal, because um, you hadn't read the, the book yet, or the PDF yet. But j- just to mention that, the consent gaming, or I'm, I'm driving in the car, so I've had a long day. I don't know in front of me. But I, I will be interested to hear your thoughts. Like I told um, Tenkar, I think it's valid. I think there's good things there. I think if you have to talk about bathroom breaks in your social contract, it's kind of ridiculous. But I do think setting the tone, setting off-limits areas, talking about, you you know, things like that are very important. I think setting player responsibilities and GM responsibilities is very important to each other. So I think it's definitely very valid um, if you don't go too anal with it, so... So I hope that hope that helps your discussion when you finally do get around to it. If you do, if you don't get around to it, then I guess you can keep my thoughts to yourself. Take it easy. Bye. Hey, Jason. Thanks for your call-ins. And I decided, since somebody wants to hear what I have to say about it, that I'll take a plunge and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but I do want to point out a couple things that really jumped out to me and that'll be for later in the episode next up a call from john large of red dice diaries hey larry it's john here from red dice diaries just listening to your episode where you're asking the question what's the furthest or the nearest people have played games with people online now i've not really played games with people online have been terribly near however i've played with people as far abroad as New Zealand, uh, obviously America, Finland, Denmark, uh, Canada, uh, various other places. And it's one of the things I really love about the technology that allows us to do that is the fact that I can now game online with people whom I would probably not have been able to stay in touch with, let alone game with as near as face-to-face as damn it only a few years ago. So I think that's a really great thing. Uh, Thanks for bringing attention to it in your episode. Enjoying the show as always, Larry. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. And there you have it, folks. John Large of Red Dice Diaries. Thanks, John, for sharing your experience with Roll20 and other online gaming. And yes, it is quite amazing how just a few short years we've gone from crude technology that was not always reliable to quite impressive technology in just a few short years that gets the job done. So as long as your internet connection is sound, you've got sound and picture and all the rest. And I appreciate your episode and I enjoyed your episode on Magic Items today. So after a brief word... On to the topic for the day. Well, here it is. I decided to tackle this topic that has a lot of people online in a tizzy. 
I've just read comments here and there. I've not gone into in-depth detail on any blog posts. I've not listened to any podcasts about it because I wanted to be able to form my own opinion. And one comment I will make is from someone in a position to have knowledge, training, and expertise is Dr. Megan Cannell, a psychologist and the DM for Clinical Role, a D&D player, and the creator and host of Psychology at the Table and co-founder of Geeks Like Us. And she tweeted yesterday, So I just finished reading Consent in Gaming, and it is great. The authors do a wonderful job of breaking down why consent is important and how it adds to the fun of playing. I highly recommend everyone check it out. So there you have someone with training as a doctorate in psychology, a practicing psychologist, and a gamer. And she thinks it's worth looking into. So on to my thoughts. Consent in Gaming is written by Sean K. Reynolds and Shanna Germain of Monty Cook Games. And the name of it is Consent in Gaming with the subtitle Tackle Mature Content with Confidence. And you can easily find it at Monty Cook Games. I'll include a link in the show notes. So exactly what is this PDF consent in gaming? Well, the simplest way to explain it, it's a tool to assist game masters and gaming groups decide what topics are okay and what topics are off limits for their table. That's all it is, a tool. And on the second page of text, right at the top is box text that says it out plain as day. This product is designed to be a resource on consent in gaming, but is not meant to be a comprehensive document on the topic. There are many ways to accomplish a safe, supportive, and inclusive group at the gaming table, and we encourage you to research and use any that are appropriate to your group. Check out the additional resource list at the end of this document for some great places to start. So right off the bat, they're not saying you have to use it. They're not saying it's a one-size-fits-all. They're saying find what works for you, and the whole reason of being for this is that it's a topic that needs discussed at the table. If you've got an existing group, you've probably worked those things out. Now, you may have some players that keep their mouth shut because they don't want to get razzed by the group. That's something they're uncomfortable with. Well, I, I don't know how to best approach that, but this PDF and other tools may be a way to deal with that if you think there's something that needs to change. But I'm not sure how to bring that up in an existing group. This would be better for a brand new group trying to form where a game master advertises for players. The players come together and they handle this little questionnaire. It's a one-page questionnaire. There's one in the end of the PDF you can print off. There's a form-fillable PDF that comes separate with it that has... Uh, places to add in 
other topics that they don't list so that you can try to be as comprehensive as possible. They quickly point out that the default answer should be no, that consent is not implied, it has to be explicit, and I can understand that. And I like how they have some little sidebar quotes discussing consent ahead of time does not mean you can't have surprises in the game. It does, however, mean the group has more knowledge of the player's comfort and discomfort and can frame narrative plot twists in a mindful and meaningful way. And my favorite, perhaps, an RPG is not supposed to be a therapy session where people work out their real-life trauma. That's an unfair burden to everyone at the table who probably aren't qualified to be therapists. I can identify with that wholeheartedly. If you've got some real-world problems that you need help with, yes, your friends can do some to help you, but at the game table's not the best way to handle it. And if you want to do therapy at the game table, you need to have your game master needs to be a licensed therapist that knows what the heck they're doing so that they can deal with it. Or if not the game master, one of the people observing the game or another player needs to have the training to deal with that stuff. Because I know in college I had an experience that I did not know how to handle. And I'd never experienced that before and didn't handle it very well. And there wasn't anything like this because that was before the internet was what it is now. Uh, I didn't even know there was anything like the DARPA net that later became the internet and the web. So this entire PDF is 13 pages. The first page is a full color image. And the last page is the checklist. And so that leaves like 11 pages. So uh, it's, the I guess the last page of text has about a half of the page is dedicated to other resources. So uh, take in all the white space for margins and all the other illustrations. It's probably not a full 10 pages worth of text. But it's all about explaining how people can approach the topic of getting on the same page for running your games at the table. And they talk about other things like the X card, no words and go words. And the X card gets mentioned again at the end where they have uh, other resources. Most I'd not heard of. I didn't realize the X card was a formal thing online. I've got a link to that in the show notes. They also mentioned the TTRPG Safety Toolkit. That is the Tabletop RPG Safety Toolkit. 
And I don't recall hearing about that before. And it's got some interesting things. Many of the same things discussed there as are in this document. And they do it in a four-page PDF. They also talk about in No Thank You Evil. That's a game by Money Cook Games. There's a mechanism called No Thank You Evil that I guess you can say it or use one of their tokens in the game to express that's a topic you don't want to deal with. So I guess uh, exactly how that works. I'm tried following along on their website, but they've got lots of scrolling and uh, art and so forth. And if they explain it in the webpage without having to buy the game, I didn't see it. Um, they also have a same page tool is a, on a blog I'm not sure how to say this, so I won't, uh, but they have uh, Christopher Chin has a blog and he has one page called the same page tool. I'll link to that in the show notes. And then they have uh, a, I would congregation bet Havarim or Havarim. I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't see the Hebrew for that. Uh, I assume that is a Jewish synagogue that is offering gender pronoun name tags for free printing. And uh, I know there may be some that disagree with that, and it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree. This is in the resource for those that want to deal with that. And it doesn't mention all the possible topics that one might have issues with. That's why they've got blanks that one can fill in. And it's not a quiz or a questionnaire that everybody sees what everybody else did. There's an option to do it anonymously so that the game master doesn't know who submitted which questionnaire. And the game master is also encouraged to do their own questionnaire to make sure they don't inadvertently uh, feel like they're stuck or obligated to touch on something that someone else has and then they compile a list of all the answers and then share it with their group ideally in a format that can be shared electronically or printed um, I would suggest that they have a uh, I guess a poll that you could put together that would tally all your answers together for you uh, to make it easier to do that so that you're not having to manually tally it with the possibility of error. But if there are topics that people don't want to touch on, what's the harm in getting that out there? If somebody's so afraid of spiders that they absolutely could not enjoy the game if they had to face giant spiders, a la The Hobbit or uh, Arachnophobia the movie, what harm is it in leaving them out? There's other spooky and creepy things you can do. I don't know, buddy. Pardon me. I don't know personally anybody with arachnophobia to that degree. Um, but I do know personally the topic of suicide is one that I don't appreciate being dealt with. I think it's not handled in a way that I... Well, I just don't agree with the topic of suicide at all. Uh, I can't understand why anyone 
would want to stop living and having faced a situation in my life that involved that, I just don't want anything to do with it. I've heard of convention games where the way to get out of a situation is you had to commit suicide. If I had something like that, I would just get up and leave as soon as I found out that's what it was because I would never sign up for something like that. And to be surprised by that, that would ruin my day and probably my convention. Um, and uh, there are topics that just shouldn't be shared with everybody. And there may be people that nothing bothers them and they can have anything happen. But, you know, violence against children, sexual topics, you know, they talk about fade to black, like in the old movies and TV shows, they'd fade to black on the implied sex scene and come back and you didn't actually see what happened. So if stuff like that makes you nervous, you don't have to see it. I don't have a problem with stuff like that. There are certain things that make totally perfect sense to me in this. The problem I have is it's so repetitive. Over and over again, they say the same thing over and over again, repetitively, in such a manner that it's redundant. And in the last few moments of me saying things that are redundant and repetitive, which is itself redundant, gets the point across. I think they could have tightened up their writing and done this in fewer pages. I get where they were going with it, but the amount of repetition just, I found it off-putting. It's not a style of writing that uh, I enjoyed um, and I was waiting for them to get to the point, really wanting them to get to the point. Um, I'm wondering if maybe a bulleted list of main points would be better. Um, but they didn't ask me, but that's my thoughts on that. Um, They take about two pages to explain the checklist. One of the pages is when consent goes wrong. So when things don't go well in adhering to your checklist by either the game master or other players, how do you handle it? And they go into that. They also talk about aftercare and checking in. So after the game, check in and make sure people that I guess, make sure the players at the table didn't have a problem. They talk about beware of bleed. As we all know, we can really get into the game. And it's been shown that role-playing games use the same part of your brain that forms long-term memories. So that's why it feels like you were there. And when you describe the game... You may use first person to describe your character. Even if you're a third person role player, you may be saying I and we instead of our characters. And they encourage you to be aware of your own feelings. Some things may sneak up on you as you're running the game or as a player in the game. 
So sometimes real life events bleed over. If you had a really bad day at work, you may be a real crab. And if you bring that to the game, that's another form of bleed over of real life into gaming instead of the other way around where gaming bleeds into real life. And there may be certain topics that you don't want, like romance between players. That may not be a comfortable topic. Um, carousing tables is one thing I struggle with. A lot of the carousing tables I've looked at for trying to put something into my new Delving Deeper game is sexual situations. And it's basically you roll and your character that rolls on that table gets the particular sexual situation. And I'm like, well, that's not very helpful. I guess some people may think it's okay, but who wants to end up in a situation like that? Um, one could argue, well, it is just role-playing. It is just pretend. But I don't know. It it doesn't seem fun to me. If it seems fun to you, by all means, but not at my table. It doesn't seem fun to me. That's the whole idea is to have a game that's fun. And if you find a group that all likes the same kind of fun, by all means, go to it. But if you're trying to start a new group, you don't know what you all like. Unless you're all a homogenous group of the same demographic in age, gender, race, general politics, etc. And even then, you're not all going to like the same thing. So I've rambled on long enough about this topic. To summarize, or conclude, I should say, I can see where they were going with this, making a tool to make it helpful, and I think it does ultimately accomplish that. I think it could have done a better job with tighter editing and less repetition in the verbiage. Uh, I think they tried to have too many examples cover too many bases and you could have an encyclopedia's worth of writing to cover all the possible things that might be an exception and that eliminates the need for the questionnaire um, and I guess the biggest concern I have is is if you get a bunch of people together that are, I'm not sure what the best way to put this is, I guess that have lots of personal dislikes or personal issues in their life that turn them away from gaming. That could be a very challenging group to run. Um, it did say that it's not to do therapy at the table. So if you've got a bunch of people wanting to get together that all have some issues that need therapy, then that's not good. Um, and I can't believe that there's 
that many people that are in need of major psychological assistance that would be out there in the world. I do believe that there are a lot of people out there that are going to have at least some topic that's off limits. And I don't have a problem finding out what that is. Um, I guess my big concern is, is getting a bunch of people that maybe have issues that end up feeding off each other, but you're going to have that with any random group of people that come together. Um, I guess I'm not expressing my thoughts very well on that, but what's the harm in having a questionnaire, a tool to help you organize the topics that are okay and the topics that are not okay. You plan your game in other ways. You're going to plan what monsters to use. You're going to plan what terrain to use. You're going to plan what rooms or traps or magic or treasure. How is any other aspect of this wrong? You may have a long game in person and you may have a plan for going out for pizza or ordering out for pizza or other ordering takeout or people bringing snacks and having a cookout before the game or something. How's that any different? It all involves planning for the experience of the game to maximize your fun. And if you have a problem with that, it just doesn't make sense. It's all part of planning how to run the game and make it the best possible experience. Because who wants to have a crappy experience at the table? Yeah, it's one thing if you can't roll to hit in every single combat, or you can't make a successful roll for anything all night. Yeah, that kind of sucks, but that happens once in a while. But if you've got people that are upset and whatnot to a situation, you're not exactly clear why, that ruins it for everybody. And so, seriously, if you're freaking out about it or trying to get attention by acting like you're freaking out about it, stop. Grow up. There's nothing wrong with being an adult and having communication and figuring out what's going to work for you at the table. So this has been my rambling attempt to express my thoughts on this document. Overall, I think it does what it sets out to do and gives you a tool that if it's the tool for you and your table, by all means use it. If not, it encourages you to find the tool that works best for you, however you choose to organize it. I will say it's too long to be used at a convention unless you've got a way to get this filled out before the con, it would be better to have some method of handling a one-shot scenario with a bunch of strangers at a convention that can be quick and to the point. Um, and that may be in using the X card or some other method. And it's up to each game master and each convention to coordinate how they're going to handle that. So I believe I've touched on all the topics I wanted to on this. This is going to be one of my longer episodes. 
If you've listened this far, I really thank you for your patience as I deal with a difficult and controversial topic, at least controversial in the eyes of some. I don't think it should be controversial. So thank you all very much for your time. And now, on to the end blurb. To get more of my thoughts and opinions in the realm of RPGs and games, check out my other sites. You can find Follow Me and Die at my blog, followmeanddie.com. My podcast on Anchor is also on several other places where it is syndicated. And if you listen to my podcast on iTunes, please leave a review. I also have a YouTube channel devoted to various RPG topics. And my most popular series is Roll20 for the Absolute Beginner. So if you are not familiar with Roll20 and you want to start online gaming, either as a game master or a player, check out my series. You can find all of my various sites where you see my social media avatar by the amazing Satine Phoenix. Check the social page on my blog to locate me across the various social media. I also contribute to Multiverse.World by the new TSR. If you like my podcast and the other things I share online, there are a few ways that you can support my efforts. First, please let me know, and more importantly, tell others. Just getting the word out there is very important, and I invite you to consider backing my Patreon. Patrons get a vote on what PDF I publish next on DriveThruRPG. I have over one dozen and counting RPG-related PDFs on DriveThruRPG, I'm also working on a card game that I hope to kickstart in 2020. You can find the sign-up sheet for the announcement mailing list on my blog. And finally, I have a Teespring store where you can get a shirt with my logo by Satine Phoenix. I really hope that you support me, and for everyone that's already supporting me, I thank you so very much. I hope you're all having an awesome day. Thank you very much for listening, and game on. (laughs) 